chapter number 1, starting in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of Him and cried, saying, This is He of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for He was before me. And of His fullness have we all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. And this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask Him, Who art thou? And He confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked Him, What then? Art thou Elias? And He saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. <coughs> then said they unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as saith the prophet Isaiah. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then? If thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet. John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom you know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latch it I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethabara beyond Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should made known, but that he should be made manifest to Israel, therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him, and I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. 
Um, I'm just going to read two or three more verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Um, and this is the Apostle Paul. Um, and he says in verse 3 of that chapter, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Again, desiring your prayers. I um, again really enjoyed the day we spent yesterday with these children and with the adults. And um, it's good that they form bonds. Uh, this has nothing to do with this, but I feel the need to say it anyway. It, um, the world in which they're growing up in is vastly different from the world that me and you grew up in. Um, there were times that, that it was hard to be a Christian and go to public school. There were times that it was hard. Uh, when, uh, Matter of fact, when I was called to preach and Michelle was still in high school, she told some of her uh, friends that I've been called to preach and they said, who called him? They thought somebody from the church picked up the phone and called me and wanted me to preach. Um, and so they're not exposed. Lots of children. That was even uh, 25 years ago. But even then, lots were not exposed unto the way of God and to the Word of God, to who God really is and what all of this life is all about. Uh, and, and as time has progressed on, it's abundantly clear to anybody with half a brain, these children are growing up and they're going to need one another as they grow up. And, and so the thought is hopefully by having these activities and days and times that they can sort of forge a bond, uh, that they can, have, uh, they can have some allies that they're desperately going to need in this dark, dark land. And the thought would be that the church would uh, would uh, uh, would help them and and, uh, and and tell them and show them instead of just tell them to show them that we love them. And so, children, uh, it's a joy to be able to be around you. But as I look around today, and I saw all the ones yesterday, and I see the ones that are here today. Uh, if it has not happened yet. Uh, you listen to me in every eye up here. There's going to come a day uh, when God is going to begin to tug at your heart. There's going to come a day uh, when you're going to be uh, uh, let known by God that you are separated uh, and that you are lost and undone. And when that day comes, uh, my prayer is that you wouldn't put it off, but you would uh, you would make yourself an altar, whether it's running down to this one or praying at your feet. But uh, every eye, you look at me, I've got news for you. Uh, you're going to leave this earth. Everybody. Everybody. Uh, we were talking in Sunday school and had a wonderful lesson about, about how we refer to death a lot of times as as crossing the Jordan. Uh, 
and his brother Joe was teaching that class, uh, and he began to, uh, to say uh, how that God, uh, how, uh, for the children of Israel back in the olden days, uh, when they went into Jericho, into a land that God had promised them uh, from Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, uh, down through Moses and Joshua, and he, he said that uh, in the Word of God, you've never done this before. You've never crossed here. You've never been this way. And so Brother Joe said, there'll come a day when every last one of us are going to cross that place that, that we've never been across before. And so I thought about that as he was teaching and he was talking about how that naturally God had dried up the waters of that Jordan and he gave them a safe crossing. And I got to thinking about that and got a, really got a little happy down in my soul. See, we always refer... And we always refer to crossing the troubled waters or the stormy waters. But you see, maybe, maybe for the unsaved, it'll be like that. It'll be a water of trouble like you've never had before. But for those of us who have been saved, you know what's going to happen? He's going to dry up the water. And we're going to go into that land of promise on dry ground. And no, we're not going to be marred up in the, in the mud, but it's going to be dry, and we're going to make that crossing. And so that's going to happen to everybody here at some point. So what is this all about? And I thought about, uh, we heard several great messages this week, and a lot of us preached on this, but I uh, just began to deal with my heart a little bit uh, about the light. What does that even mean? Uh, and so uh, John takes you in his genealogy, the other Gospels, uh, um, uh, Matthew and Luke anyway, give a genealogy of, of Jesus Christ through the seed of David and through the seed of Abraham. Uh, and John's genealogy uh, is short and it's different. It's simply in the beginning. In the beginning. That's the genealogy of Jesus Christ. You see, before there was a beginning, He was there. Before that, before that He created, we read there that everything that has been made was made by Him. And the Bible declares that it was not only made by Him, it was made for Him. And everything that has ever been made, it originated with Him. And so for, uh, why is He the Word then? Well, for me to convey my thoughts to you, I have to use my words. Uh, that's, how that, uh, that's how that you get a peek into what's going on on the inside of man. For on the inside of me, you know by my words that I say to you. I just read in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, and I think it was verse 5 or 6, uh, it said that, uh, that uh, the faith of God is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so for us to even begin to comprehend who God is, there had to be a word. There had to be a, there had to be a voice. And He used the voice of the prophets of old. But when the fullness of time came, He sent forth His own Son. And lots of times we, we give the Son of God all all of the glory in our redemption plan. Uh, yes, it was Jesus Christ who uh, bore our sin dead. Uh, it was Jesus Christ who hung on that tree. Uh, it was Jesus Christ whom the sins of the world fell on Him. Uh, but it was God the Father that sent His Son. And so they all had a part to play. Just as they did in the book of Genesis. 
when they created, when God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, the Bible says, you see, we, we often refer to as eternity only out in the future. There is an eternity backwards as well. And so God abides outside of time. God abides in eternity. And before, uh, we heard a message this week, and it was really good. And we talk about the promises. And the first promise that you can find Maybe it's Genesis 3.15, the first one that Moses recorded anyway. And, uh, and that was that there shall be a seed of Eve uh, that will bruise the serpent's head. And it was prophesied from then on that Jesus Christ uh, would come. But you see, before that time was, there was promises made. And before that time was, uh, the Bible says uh, in Acts, uh, uh, at the day of Pentecost, when all those people got saved, uh, Peter was preaching, uh, and he said there was a determinate counsel of God. And that determinate counsel of God was in the beginning. It was before He created anything, there was a determinate counsel. And the counsel existed of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that determinate counsel determined long before time when Christ should come, when He should be put to death. All of that was prefixed and predetermined. And so in the beginning, in the book of Genesis, it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved on the face of the water. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And so, if you come down to John's Gospel, he starts out much the same. That in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Now you'll find some teaching in this land. Uh, you'll find it amongst some that call themselves Christians. Uh, and I'm not judging their hearts or their souls, uh, but they have a Bible. And in that Bible, that, 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 there's, one, there's one edit they made in that first chapter, in the first verse. Instead of in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, They've inserted an A there. In the beginning was God. In the beginning was the Word. Where the Word was with God. And the Word was a God. Well that completely changes everything. You see if Jesus Christ is not a God in the flesh. Then we have no hope. If you take the deity away from the God man. He's no fit substitute. And no fit sacrifice. So in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. In other words, the Trinity of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost was there. And they formed the earth. But the earth was dark. And it was void. But then the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. And then they, they said, let there be light. And there was light. Now friends, uh, what is all of this about? I, I took a long time to get here. I realize that. Uh, but there's a time in every man, woman, or child's life uh, if they live uh, to reach the age where they're going to be accountable before God uh, that their heart and soul is just like the earth in that first state. It's natural. It's void. It's a land of darkness. And it's a life of darkness. Uh, but then the Spirit of God 
begins to move on the face of that deep. And he begins to shed a little light into the soul of man. And by shedding that light into the soul of man, he lets you know that people today, I see them all the time, how there's no such thing as heaven or hell. Well, they might not believe that. It won't change the fact that they're going to come face to face with judgment one day. See, it doesn't matter what you believe. It matters what the Word of God says. And so so the Spirit of God moves on the face of the water and light begins to flood into the soul. And it tells you, you are lost and separated from God. And when you're lost and separated from God, it's a a state of... I was going to the minister's school this week and got down to Brown Ford Thursday morning and and, uh, uh, there was a man there and he was just standing in the road and I stopped rolled down my window and I said, what's going on here? And he said, part of that bridge, the lower bridge at Brown's Fork, part of it just fell in and collapsed. And I thought to myself right there, the problem is the church of the living God, we are no longer standing and warning those are lost. They're going headlong over a road that has no bridge. They're going headlong. If you could see a sinner today, if you can see you're, uh, you're out hanging over hell itself uh, and her mouth is a gaping open and you're there standing on a piece of rotten wood and it's going to crumble one of these days uh, and down into that gaping mouth uh, uh, down into hell you'll go down, down, down. Now I thought uh, the church now we heard a lesson this week and, and it was talking about the tabernacle of old. And in that tabernacle, and, and Barry Broder delivered a powerful message about how that Jesus Christ took the ordinances of that tabernacle and nailed them to the cross and fulfilled the law of God. And so in that, uh, he talks about uh, right outside the Holy of Holies, it's in the Scripture, outside that inner veil, uh, there was a lampstand. And one of the things that the man, uh, the, the high priest had to do uh, when, uh, when he went into that holy, he says, uh, make sure that lamp was lit uh, and make sure the oil was there. Now we often call it a candlestick. Uh, but when you think about it in those days, uh, it wasn't a candle like we have today made of wax. It was a, it was a lamp stand. It was an oil lamp is what it was. Uh, and so the oil uh, represented the Spirit and the Spirit would go uh, into that wick. Uh, that wick of the believers uh, and in that wick uh, uh, shines forth the light of Christ. And so... I thought, my friends, uh, if you read in Revelation, he talks about the candlesticks uh, uh, being the church of the living God. Uh, He talks about the Son of God uh, uh, walking in the midst of those golden candlesticks. Uh, In other words, the high priest uh, uh, would have to make sure uh, the candle was lit before he could see and go into the Holy of Holies. Well, do you know what Jesus Christ did? Uh, Before He entered heaven after He was crucified, uh, uh, before He showed Himself to His disciples, He had to go into the holies and offer His blood in heaven. I believe that you might not, and that's alright. But there was one thing He did. Before that He left, He he called His church. and He called them out on top of a mountain. The church wasn't formed at Pentecost. It was formed while He was here. He had to have it in place before He went to Calvary. 
And so the candle, he did that. He called out a church. And you know what the Bible says? He then told them, I am the light of this world. And as long as I, Jesus, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But then He said to them, Now ye are the light. What does that mean? It means the church of the living God is now the light. This world is dark today. And except the church be the light. I heard a story the other day. And I can't relate it as good as I heard it, but it's quite fascinating. It said there was a young man born a long time ago, probably in the in the in the in the mid thirties sometime. And and as he was born, they gave him the nickname Samson. And the nurses at the hospitals and whatnot just nicknamed him Samson. And so Samson grew, and Samson became eighteen. But when Samson became eighteen, the United States had entered into conflict in the Korean War. And in this conflict in the Korean War, uh, we, uh, we devised a draft uh, to draft young men to fight. And Samson was drafted. And Samson reported to, uh, to Ford, uh, odd I think it is, out in California. And when he was at that fort, uh, they trained him to be a lifeguard. Uh, but when it came time to deploy Samson didn't get deployed. He, his job was to stay on that fort and just be a lifeguard. He was from Seattle. And every once in a while, he'd get to go back home. And there came a day that he wanted to go back home. It was a weekend. And back then, military could fly free on any military plane if they were in uniform. So Samson donned his uniform and he went to Seattle, spent some time with his girlfriend, with his mom, with his dad. And the weekend was over. And and he had to get back to California. Had to get back to that army base. And so he only found one, uh, one military plane going that way. And it was an old World War II style bomber. And in that plane, uh, there was just room for one man. And that had to be the pilot. There was no other seats on that thing. And so, uh, so the story goes uh, that Samson begged this man, let me ride back there with your radar equipment. I'll, I'll sneak in. He said, I can't do that. It's too dangerous. Dangerous. He said, you are a soldier. You know what it will mean. If I'm not back on that base, it's going to be bad. And so the, uh, Anderson was this man's name. Finally gave in. Let Samson crawl in there. And Samson crawled in that little space, uh, in that little hole. And he wrapped his legs uh, around anything he could find. Uh, shortly after takeoff, uh, that door came open. And Samson didn't get sucked out. Uh, but he tried to close the door for miles. He was stretched out over the earth trying to shut that door. Samson's oxygen was running out. And because of the altitude, he was about to pass out. And so he crawled back in and left the door open. I'm going somewhere with this. He left the door open. And, and according to the story, uh, that his oxygen was very thin. Well, it just so happened, having nothing to do with that door... Anderson's auction in the cockpit got very thin too. Realized I'm gonna to have to I'm gonna to have to get down lower. I'm gonna to have to get he had no idea what was going on behind him. I'm gonna to have to get down lower where we can breathe. We're gonna die up here. And so we begin to low, low, lower the plane. Samson woke back up when the oxygen came back in. But now there was another problem. You see, they were they misjudged and they were out of fuel. And they were out over the ocean. 
No fuel. Had not even enough to turn around. Their radios were dead. I couldn't call for help. I'm going to have to set this thing down in the middle of this ocean and, and just hope and pray. And by a miraculous thing, Anderson landed that plane in the midst of the ocean about two miles off the coast of California. But it was shark-infested waters. Rough waters, great widespread in there. And so uh, they landed in the water. And, and, and old Samson in the back, he had to wait for that compartment filled up before he could make his way out to the pressure. And so Samson made his way out. Anderson made his way out. Uh, they found two lifeboats. Uh, they pulled them out. Uh, but see, they were still in danger. My friends, you have no idea the danger that you're in if you're lost. You have no idea. And they were in travel out on the sea. And you have no idea the danger that's all around you. And I can't see any danger. You couldn't see them sharks either, but they're there. And so they struggled. And the water, nightfall began to come. There was such a fog they couldn't see. Had no idea where the land was, which way to go. Anderson had a compass. Believing to be about two miles off the coast of California, he pointed that compass and he pointed towards that shore, but fog was so bad. And then night came. And night came and the water got choppy. I'm telling you what's the truth. There are times you will go through choppy water. And so you need a lifeboat. But they were out there in the choppy waters. And, and the waters were so choppy, it knocked Samson out of his boat. And so there he was. And the current pulled it away from him. He couldn't swim fast enough to get it. It pulled Anderson away. So now Anderson's gone. His boat's gone. The compass is gone. And Samson has no idea where he's at or what to do. And, but he just picked the direction and he started swimming. And the currents were dragging him. Satan will drag you down. And the currents were dragging him. And old Samson would go under. And old Samson would surface again. And finally, he began to see the coast as the fog lifted. Here's my point. There was a light there. And he thought, if I could just swim to that light, I could be saved. I could be rescued. And there's a light that's guiding me. It's an old song. And so, when darkness shines in this world, the church must to, has to be the light that these lost might see. And so Samson started out and he started swimming toward that light and he finally made it. He got to that shore, finally made it and he collapsed on the beach. Just hands and knees collapsed. Couldn't stand up. And he crawled his way to where that light was coming from. And they opened the door. Saw him there. He couldn't speak. He couldn't, he couldn't do anything but shake. And they wrapped him in a towel. Called the Coast Guard. Got to the Coast Guard. Met up with Anderson. Anderson made it. And Samson made it. You would know Samson today by a different name. You would know Samson as Clint Eastwood. Isn't that a remarkable thing? My point is this. He was out on a sea of trouble. He had nowhere to go. Nowhere to turn. Had no idea which way to travel until the light came to him. Amen. 
You understand what I'm saying today? As I looked at those uh, children last night, I watched them sing up here this morning, unless we preach the truth and teach the truth, and most importantly, live the truth, they will not have life and they will not be saved. It's as simple as that. We must be the light. I just read the God of this world has blinded the minds lest they should see the glorious light. The face and the image of God is in the face of Jesus Christ. And when He told Thomas, He said, when Thomas said, Lord, just show us the Father and that will satisfy us. He said, Thomas, if you've seen Me, you have seen the Father. He said what I just read to you. John the Baptist came and John the Baptist attracted a crowd and they were coming from everywhere to be baptized of John. He came preaching a different gospel. He came preaching repentance. And so people came from all around. And they said, who are you, John? And he said, I'm not that like. I'm not that like but I'm sent to bear witness of that light. That is the true light that shineth unto every man. He said, that's the true light. And so today, I'm nothing special. I said, Brother Tom's going to preach on Easter. If you're coming to hear me, you're coming for the wrong reason. I'm not that light. I'm just a voice crying in the wilderness to prepare people and to point them to that light. I'm not that great light, uh, but as a born-again believer, uh, we need to be like that lampstand. The Spirit needs to find the wick. The wick needs to find the oil. And my friend, we can shine. Not with our light, but with the light of Jesus Christ. He is the image of the invisible God. And when it said in the beginning, God created man, and man was made like God, we're different. We're different than the animals. We walk upright. And what he meant by that was not that God looks like this, but man has a soul. We were made in the image of God. We have a soul. We have a soul. And this soul is never going to perish. It's never going to die. It's going to live somewhere forever. And so after, after this body is dead, there will come a day, I said, every one of you and me, we're going to die. And this body is just a housing. It's a housing for the tabernacle of the soul of man. And so this, this body is not who Benji is. It's who you recognize as me that's not me. This body would die. And Benji will still be alive. Because why? Because one night, a little old church... That God shine a light in this little dark sinner's soul. And just a little boy. But when the light shined in, you see what the light does? It'll dispel darkness. You know what the light does? The light of the gospel will show you sin's nature. It'll show you what sin really is. It'll show you how hurtful it is to God. It'll show you how separated from God you really are. Probably that's why most people don't read the Bible anymore. Because it shows you how wretched we are in our nature. I'm telling you today, there's a lot of people in this world, a lot of people in our churches, 
I don't think they believe in total depravity. I'm one that does. Man is totally depraved. No goodness. No soundness. There's nothing that we can do to be saved. We just repent and believe. What do you believe on? I believe that my faith is wrapped up in the Word of God. Why? Because as we've already sang and said, He is anchored in the heavenlies, in the heavenlies. He's anchored there. And He's my anchor. And one day He's going to call me out. And I'm going to be anchored there forever and ever. My friend, it's a dangerous thing. You see the light. The light. The light. The church. So many of you, maybe you've been saved. I'm waiting for you to say, Brother, I need to join this church. What's that so important about? Because John told Jesus, or Jesus told John, we have to do this, John. You have to baptize me, John. John said, why, Lord? And Jesus said, because I have to fulfill all righteousness. Until you, even if you're saved, you're not fulfilling all righteousness. You need to be baptized. Amen. You need to link up with the church. Why? Because you need the church. And the church needs you. Amen. Because our light needs to go out. Because people are dying. I don't know if you realize this. People are dying lost. Our children are dying in sin. And they're going to hell. Surely not. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I've been for thousands of years. There was a time when the church recognized that to the point they would begin to cry out for God to come and save them. Sadly, that's about all dried up now. You see, our lamp, our lamp still needs that oil. That oil still needs that wick. Jesus said, now you, now you're the light of the world. You're a city that's set on a hill. You cannot be hid." I'm not that light. But I want to bear witness to that light. That light, you read on in John's writing, I read it while ago. The Word was with God, the Word was God. Then the Word became flesh and dwelt among me. How you can go from that, how you can go away with anything but the knowledge that Jesus Christ is God robed in the flesh? You've missed the mark. That's it. He's God in the flesh. And He walked among us. And the world knew Him not. Isn't that a sad thing? He came unto His own. And His own received Him not. But to as many as did receive Him, gave He the power to become the sons of God. I'm glad tonight He... Gave me repentance and grace for not at a little altar. The old song, the old account was settled long ago. I know where I'm going. How about you? And I know that because the light came on one night and I ran to that light. And from that moment, the light's been with me. I know who I am. Most importantly, I know who He is. I know I'm a sinner that's been saved by grace. I know Him to be the Savior. That's our message today. Maybe it was strange, but the light. 
The church has to be the light. Without the church being the light, the whole world lies in darkness. The whole world lies in darkness. We must be the light. And for the sake of these children, we must continue to shine on and shine on until the day we're called to eternity. Let your lights be burning. Come ahead with